My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. So today we are sitting down for the third part of our self-care series. This is um, when we are sitting down with two men to talk about self-care, what that looks like in their industries, and what that looks like from a different perspective, um, as we've heard from myself and then two other females. So today we are sitting down with Joey Welling from Exemplar Fitness on James Island. And Joey is a trainer. And tell us a little bit more. Yeah, Tell us my a little name's bit about you. Joey Welling. I am part owner of Exemplar Fitness on James Island, South Carolina. Um, I started in the fitness industry probably when I was 18 years old, folding towels. I had a gym downtown in Charleston when I was a freshman at the Citadel. And now I'm 33, approaching 34, and have been grateful of the opportunity to finally have ownership in a gym and with that we developed our own class which we call rush and it's a high intensity interval training class and um, it's a open gym with personal trainers like i just said classes Um, very athletic base have a lot of athletes that come there and train but also average joe's like me like you like me (laughs) now um, can work out in the same space so that's where I am right now. Awesome. And we also have Wes Carter, who is president of his family's business, Atlantic Packaging. Um, they have 1,200 employees and 25 locations. You are a busy man. And he's also a twin dad. I am. Yes. So tell us just a little bit about yourself before we get going into this. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I do work in a family business that my grandfather started back in the late 40s. Um, and uh, have a very busy schedule, of course, travel a lot, um, have a, a lovely family, my wife, Lindsay, and twins, Miller and Violet, that are six years old, um, and been in Charleston for about 12 years, and um, really my health and wellness journey really kind of be, began by accident. I mean, I, I moved to Charleston, I felt like I needed to find a gym, I stumbled into Eco Fitness, and Blue Turtle was next door, and I started taking a couple of yoga classes with people like Kelly Jean Moore and Kathy Morse. And it just really, really resonated with me. And a lot of things started to change in my life. And so, yeah, it's continued on from there. But, yeah, today I'm a busy guy, travel a tremendous amount, and, um, and health and wellness and fitness is, is a big part of uh, what keeps me going. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we wanted to talk about self-care. And I chose these two guys because I know them both personally, but I also know that they both take good care of themselves. And just to kind of like, all right, so Joey, the first, when you hear self-care, but don't even like try to make it sound cool. What do you think of? Women, beauty <laughs> products, <laughs> uh, massages, getting their nails done, foot massage. That's what I think of. I love a foot massage. Mm-hmm. Okay, Wes, you don't have, you guys are very, you're also very different. That's why I brought you together. Yeah, I guess probably because, um, I've been so involved in the yoga community for so long. You did like, your teacher training, right? I did, yeah. yeah. Um, I never taught a single class. You did it? Yeah, no, I, 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 well, I think I taught one, maybe. Um, Just to get out of teacher training. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I taught it to the people that I was in that class with. Right. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, because my wellness journey started in that world, uh, self-care did not carry that same um, shtick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I do think it is a... 
overused term, um, and it certainly can pigeonhole certain things. Um, you know, I really think what we're talking about is, you know, how do you set up your life to be the best you can be, to show up, to live well, you know, as many days as you can, knowing that we're all humans and there's a pendulum swing, you know, and that's going to happen. But, um, you know, so anyway, I, I think self-care is, a, is an important thing, but I don't know that that term maybe is the, is the right one. Yeah. I have a hard time with terms and yeah. words in general. I think being in this industry too, and I know I've talked about this on other podcasts and we talk about it in the room and with instructors, but just like be present and, and it's a, okay, yeah, great. Be present. It's such a beautiful thing to say, but like, what does that mean? Right? Like, are you yeah. just, are we just saying it to say it? Um, open your heart. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like mm-hmm. you say that to somebody who doesn't know what that means. And they're like, I don't know what that means. So I think what I really would love to do is just to dive in today. And like I said, it looks different person to person. What our self-care rituals are and also like talk about like non-negotiables things that for me that is such a self-care thing like for me every day almost every day I have to sweat for my brain um so run us through a a day in the life of Joey (laughs) wow um I I would say self-care in my day starts bright and early I have a client that five days a week he starts at 4 30 in the morning so my alarm goes off at 3.45. 3.45. Five days a week, five Monday day, through Friday. Yeah, five days a week. You're like a newscaster. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, I've always been a morning person, went to military school, so um, I love it. And to be honest with you, it's it's when I used to study. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I was much of a student, but that was when... <laughs> you started when, studying at 3.45 or you finished? No, no, no. no. <laughs> like I, would, I could grasp and read and do things better in the morning than I could in the evening. What time do you go to bed? If I can get to bed at 9.30, I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm um, an early bed person, too. Tonight, Friday night, Oh, is probably means I'll be in bed at 8.30. Which I'm, really, I'm really excited. Rebel it's wild. Things have changed <laughs> over the years. But um, no, the, to me, self-care, the biggest thing that I've learned, especially over the last two to three years for myself, is sort of having time to myself. And um, I love reading. Uh, I'm I'm very slow. I'm very bad at reading, but there's something about it that calms me. And so I will wake up five to ten minutes early, and I and I sort of made this promise to myself for the last couple years is just read ten minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Not about how many pages you read or things like that. Just read ten minutes a day, and making my coffee, um, hanging out with my new puppy early in the morning, and getting a good read in with whether it's a book, magazine. Wall Street Journal, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sets my day straight. And um, I'm able to get into work and get going. And if I can find another break at some other point in the day, um, like today was a huge, I had I was in that gym for seven hours straight. And then finally I had a 15, 20 minute break between clients. How do you keep your head right though? Like I know for me this morning, I had to get my kids doing something. I mean, just getting them organized. And then I took a class. I actually got a class sub this morning because I needed mentally. I was like, I'm mentally like this, you know, January is just a crazy month for us in general. And, um, so I got a class sub. I came and took a class. I took a quick shower. I did streaming. I had a photo shoot. Then I had to go to Verizon (laughs) and now I'm here. So it's like, do you have in your day, like, are there things that you use that kind of keep you grounded or keep you I mean when you're hopping from one personality to the next like that's what I always think a simple one happened today and it was just getting outside of the gym 
I sat in the back parking lot for 15 minutes and just sat there mm-hmm. and got some vitamin D. And that was a huge thing for me. The three biggest things in my life for self-care, if, if we were to talk about it, was what you said, sweat. I got to mm-hmm. sweat. So do you work day. out every day? I try to some shape or form. You take yeah. other people's classes? Because I know you're not at the works. No, I know. I'm, I've been very <laughs> bad about coming to the works. I've taken the old school, old school yes, you used to Sarah be, classes. Yes. Um, but I've been very bad over the last year of coming to the you're sweat. You're busy studio. But um, yeah, I will try and take other people's classes. This morning I took one of our other Allison mm-hmm. Rush really classes. really good, guys. And um, yeah, getting outside, getting vitamin D, getting a sweat on, and then 10 minutes of reading. Those are the three things that I have to do every day. And I'm not going to work out hard every day, yeah. but maybe it's just going for a little bike ride or mm-hmm. walking the new pup, yep. something like that, just getting outside. and Set your mind straight. Yep. Are you going back to train more people this afternoon? No. I actually... Because I have this little cold, mm-hmm. which is probably why I sound a little nasally, um, I gave myself the afternoon off. Nice. After this, going to go lay in bed and watch Jack Ryan. Nice. Cool. So. Okay, so we're just going to switch over to Wes. Um, so give us a little rundown of like a typical day for you and some of your non-negotiables, and then we'll start to dive in. Yeah, I mean, I certainly have, and I and I, I can only speak from my own experience, but a morning routine mm-hmm. uh, that I'm really committed to. Um, but there's a fair amount of variety in that routine, and I think some of that's just because I'm a curious person and mm-hmm. I'd like to explore lots of different modalities. But um, I thought I had everybody in the room beat when I was going to say that I get up at four thirty in the morning. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, four thirty in the morning. But Joey's got me beat. But no, if I, I didn't usually, have to do it. I wouldn't do it. Though. Yeah, you know, and so for me, um, especially with young kids, like you know, making time for yourself that doesn't interfere with the responsibilities that we all have with careers and children and significant others. And I think that's an important part of this, you know, that, that self-care is prioritized, you know, but it, it's not interfering with the people that, you know, uh, that rely on you every day. Yeah. Which uh, is tricky. Which it is, is tricky. So do dads get guilt like mom gets guilt? I think, I think so. Yeah. I haven't been a mom before, but I think so. <laughs> um, but you know, you're, pretty for, an op- you're a pretty open dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got a feminine side for sure. Uh, but no, so for me, my day always starts about four fifteen, four thirty. Um, you know, that's about when it, when it begins, uh, two day. Well, the, my non-negotiable is I always meditate for 15 minutes. You know, that that's is awesome. one thing I always do. Get straight out of bed. Uh, I drink a big glass of water. I put some salt in there, some lemon. I usually make a big cup of black coffee. Um, and then after I've done that, I do my 15-minute meditation. Um, and that's sort of a, just a way just to kind of set the intention for the day, calms my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there... Um, do you use like an app or anything or do you just... No, I, I do. Um, I use the Insight Timer, okay. um, which... You know, they have lots of guided meditations, which I used to do a lot of in the early days of meditation. I think that's a good way to get into mm-hmm, it for sure. when you're like, I, I just can't meditate. I can't sit there having someone talk you through it. Um, but the further along that path you get, the easier it gets to just sort of sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't even really try to focus or say a mantra. I just sit and we'll let things come up. And it sort of feels like it allows my brain to dump whatever garbage totally. is in there out into the universe. Um, and um, at least that's sort of what I'm thinking about when I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, that thought, I don't need that. Yeah. Or, um, you know, or I'm obsessing about something and it allows that to float away. And have you noticed a shift since you started doing that with your life? How long have you been consistently? Um, 
I have been meditating for at least a decade, but to say I've been doing it consistently for a decade would be a wild exaggeration. Um, <laughs> you can tell lies on are you for real? <laughs> yeah. Um, like most things in life, you know, uh, you know, it, it, and it's it's no secret. I mean, if you have a meditation practice, people say it's the first thing to go, mm-hmm. and I think there's some truth in that. But over the last two years, I think especially with the experience of having children, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know about you, but when we had twins, like I was traumatized like yeah. that first year. I uh, mean, locked myself in the in the laundry room. John had to come home. Yeah. I mean, I tell oh, people. He's like, like you got to get out. I was like, I can't come out. <laughs> like I was like, I'm pretty sure I have PTSD at least get from that first year. Done yes. in there. Yeah. So, um, you know, it became more of a, an imperative for me. Totally. Um, so for the last two years, I've been pretty consistent. I'd probably say I'm on my cushion at least three to four days a week. Um, I usually don't make it to the cushion on the weekends, um, and I don't have any guilt about that. Yeah. You know, the weekends are for kids and having a good time and whatever else. But during my work week, I'm pretty consistent with that. So um, once I get off of my cushion, um, you know, I either go lift uh, twice a week. I, I go to the Kettlebell Club with uh, Mike and Brett and have a group of guys over there that lift together. Um, and for me, like having a group that works out together has been really, really big. Um, and um, I've Can got you little... just speak to that just a little bit, just because the January, so many people listening are getting into like an accountability kind of setting? Sure. Um, I think, you know, like it's great. I mean, for me, group fitness was the key to consistent practice. Mm-hmm. And once I found group fitness, it was like, oh, there's a community here. This mm-hmm. is fun. I'm meeting people, you know, totally. especially yep. if you're new to town and you're like, I don't know how to meet people. Go to a yoga studio, yeah. man. Go to a gym. That's what you'll meet really healthy people right. that are fun people and like, excited. I don't want to go to a bar. I'm like, go to a studio. You see, it's the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. And they're all welcoming. And, yeah. you know, so. and you'll actually know who they are when you leave. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, less regrets. Um, but um, so, you know, for a long time I was going, you know, I just, uh, I'd been doing a lot of yoga and I felt like I was really flexible and it done a lot for me, but I really wanted to focus on strength. It just, I never really thought of myself as a guy who could, be strong, you mm-hmm. know, and um, actually Ashley Bell, who was a yoga teacher mm-hmm. of mine, yep. said, you need to meet these guys at the Kettlebell Club. So uh, I wandered in there and it just, they're very, they teach lifting like, um, you know, it's an art form. like it's yoga. I mean, very mindful, um, very slow. I mean, so I'd done CrossFit for a while and I just stayed hurt all the time, Yeah, you know, but once I started working out with those guys, I was like, I'm, I'm not hurt and I'm actually getting stronger and this is fun. Yep. Um, and then and this, I'm getting verbose here, but, uh, we, I'd planned a surfing trip to Indonesia for my 40th birthday. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. And I was going with 15 of my buddies mm-hmm. and about half of them live here. And I was like, for the next, and we had planned this 18 months in advance. And I said, for the next 12 months, let's all work out together and mm-hmm. get strong. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we formed our little group. But nice. I mean, we've kept that up. That trip was over, was 18 months ago. Um, so we've continued to do that. So um, I think having a group, it just makes it more fun, mm-hmm. you know? And there's some accountability. We have a text thread where we're like, you guys going to be up tomorrow? We're deadlifting tomorrow. Are you going to be yeah, there? Yeah. Um, so that's been, that's been really good for me. And um, and I'm sure Joey can speak to this as well, but what I have noticed, especially I think for men, um, the more actual weight I can handle, it seems my nervous system, I don't think knows the difference in physical weight and emotional weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've noticed a real correlation that like li- being able to lift heavy things, I seem to be able to lift heavy heavier emotional things mm-hmm. in my life. I seem to have a, a wider bandwidth. And Joey's probably a better person to comment on that than me. But it, that's just a 
my own perception. But have well, you the, seen the, that? The coolest thing that you're talking about to me, um, and, and a lot of males don't understand this, same with females, but if you don't mind me asking, Wes, how old are you? 41. Yeah. And when did you start actually lifting hard like this? 39. 39. Yeah. And, and I can tell you look super strong. No. You really Thank do. Because I yeah, knew you when you were fit. doing a lot of yoga, and I mean, you always looked fit, but you look like muscly. No. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think <laughs> that it's a common misconception that if you don't start early or mm-hmm. in your teens or in your 20s, that you can't get strong and feel strong. But yet, you may not be the strongest as you were when you were 24 years old, but you're stronger than you were three years ago. And, and you got started, and you're with two great guys, Brett and Mike, and I know them both. And they know, like I just said, they teach strength, like lifting, like it's an art form. And um, but going into what you're saying about the camaraderie of it, um, Sarah, I mean, you've done this for years, and to me, the human psychology is even extra, extroverts, introverts, even introverts. They want to have two or three friends, and they want to be around those two or three friends. And I think that's why group fitness and having that accountability is such a huge thing and has totally changed the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see so much yoga, CrossFit, spin studios, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's you're getting a sweat on. You're with people that you love. Even if you don't love them, they're motivating you because mm-hmm. they're right next to you. And it, if you got friends like you have that are texting each other, that changes the game even more. But I mean, I, I myself go, t- I have a fighting coach, boxing coach twice a week. And then I have David Drake, who's like my personal trainer that I'll go to once a week. And it's mm-hmm. just having that accountability, accountability as though it's like a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. that I'm not missing that appointment. Sure. I'm, I'm going to it, but no, I can attest to that and totally get it. And that's why this industry has blown up. Well, and I think to like what Wes was saying as well, like with that comes that mental component of like, for me, you know, the fit, the, the self-care part of fitness. Yes. I always say this to my class. Like if you walk out of here with a great ass and a six pack, hell yes. But if you walk out of here and your brain, you can like take on your life and you can do hard things and see that, okay, I can be mentally sound when challenge arises because I'm doing it in here. Um, it's just, it's a whole well being, you know, it's, it's a like, confidence. It, oh, definitely. It, it for changes two. your yeah. life, yeah. changes your day. Uh, to me, sweating is, that's the axis of the wheel of my entire life. Girlfriend, mom and dad, family, friends. So how job. long, so just to jump ship for a second. So you played baseball in college mm-hmm. and then did you play after? No. So I played in high school and college. Okay. At Citadel. And yeah. so you've been playing sports your whole life then? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Football, basketball, soccer, yeah. growing up, yeah, baseball. Sports. So you were in the group fitness yeah. scene. Well, yeah. I, and that's the, I, I was very fortunate enough to have a high school coach who knew strength training pretty good, especially for high school kids. Mm-hmm. And he's still over at Bishop England, Mike Darnell. And, um, and, it just clicked with me then. And I'm not a tall guy, so I was always the Rudy of the group. And <laughs> But just I love the fact of working hard, and it started in seventh grade. Um, but then I got to the Citadel and started learning strength training more as an art form, as a technique sure. and things like that, as an athlete would. And But that is where I come up with the intensity mm-hmm. of our rush classes right. because – 
feeling that intensity of working out with my teammates and things like that at the Citadel, whether it's football, baseball, whatever, that is the intensity that you get when you instruct Mm -hmm. and the music and everybody's working together. It's just, it's a euphoric experience. Oh, it's the best drug of my life. Yeah teaching it really is mm-hmm. all right Wes go back to you <laughs> uh yeah for sure um so and I will one more thing because I was a shitty athlete my whole life I played lots of sports but I was I was always a teeny tiny little guy when I entered high school I was the smallest kid in my entire public high school <laughs> so to all of the skinny guys out there if you find the right coach and the right gym you can get strong yeah uh, I mean and, and I never thought it was possible um and I've watched you know a lot of my friends who who found the right trainers and the right gyms and learned how to lift heavy and that's the key at least it has been for me is you gotta lift heavy especially as a man mm-hmm. you know because if, if nothing else just to keep your testosterone levels high as you continue to age mm-hmm. lifting heavy things is really important and as men just from an evolutionary perspective we're designed to lift heavy things that's mm-hmm. what we've been doing for millennia so uh, I would say if you're intimidated about getting into a lifting program, don't be, just find the right place. You know, call Joey. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so I do that two days a week. Um, and then, um, what I was doing for a long time was, was, you know, running, I'd go run three miles on the days that I didn't lift, um, which I still like to do. Um, obviously, um, you know, certain times of the year that's not as accessible. Um, but recently, um, I've actually been coming to the works at 5 a.m., um, and that's been a really nice compliment. So I can lift on Tuesdays and Thursdays and come here at 5, which, again, I was talking about scheduling so you don't interfere with your family. That 5 a.m. class is great. I can come in here for 45 minutes, get my ass handed to me, sweat, and then I'm home and my kids are still in the bed. Yeah. You know, so I, that's been a really nice compliment for me. And then um, the the other day of the week I usually use as my active recovery day. Um, I try to do some active recovery almost every day. Um, my favorite thing right now is cold immersion. So I do have a small little swimming pool in my backyard Mm -hmm. and we've just turned the heater off. And so it's like 50 degrees. And so I get in there for three minutes almost every single day. You do? And honestly, it's a game changer. I have a pool in my backyard. Maybe I should start doing that. It's a game changer. I'm scared. It, it scared me too. I started off with cold showers. I read a book by Aubrey Marcus called Own uh-huh. the Day. And, yeah. and that's one of the things he said, cold showers. And that's pretty brutal too. But I got pretty good at that. I can sit in there. But then I was like, you know, it would be so much easier just to get in that pool for three minutes yeah. than to sit around and dance around my shower. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. What do you do? Suck. Just sit. Like, what do you say to yourself while you're in there? Are you just trying to breathe? Well, I scream fuck really loud first. <laughs> that's the first thing that I do. Okay. And then, you know, the funny thing is the first... 10 or 15 seconds are pretty excruciating, you know, but then it honestly is almost a meditative practice. It's like, all right, you're fine. Calm down. I can like feel my heart beating fast just thinking about it. And, you know, I do have a little sauna in my garage and I usually will get in there and sweat for 15 or 20 minutes if it's a lifting day, because on my lifting days, I don't really sweat. You know, I'm lifting heavy, but I don't really sweat. So I'll get in my sauna for 15 minutes and then go straight to the pool. So the hot, cold, but um, I was obsessed with the hot for a while, but I can tell you, at least in my experience, the cold is the deal. It's the game changer. It's the deal. (sighs) Muscle soreness, everything. I have so much stuff going on on my left side, like constant, just it's piriformis. It's all this stuff. And it's just chronic. Like it's like I've injured it once. So it just keeps coming back. And I think that's what I need to do. 
Yeah, you should try it. It's unbelievable. I remember it. taking an ice bath. So it just takes the inflammation out. It helps big time. Well, but there's something else that goes on too. I don't really, I don't know the science behind it, but like when I walk out of there, I feel like a different person. Like my brain is like, woo. I need something. Yeah. yeah. I'm John's going to come home and sit in the pool. He's going to be like, I'm sorry, young. ma'am. Have you lost it? Yeah. <laughs> Energized. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I, okay. I can't believe how much. You do ice baths? I have. Yeah. And I don't do them consistently. I don't have a pool. Yeah. But um, you can come use mine. Yeah. <laughs> just hopping in 5 a.m. <laughs> John will be like, hey. <laughs> no, but it's definitely worth a try. And then I don't know if you've ever listened to Joe Rogan, his I, I've podcast. I've listened to a few of his, yeah. Well, he had Laird Hamilton. I listened on. to the one with Laird oh, Hamilton. That, he was yeah. a freak, dude. Well, all, I, all I gotta say his, is his active recovery day is the freakiest thing I've ever heard. Laird Hamilton literally must not spend any time with his family <laughs> or do anything but, else in his life because he sounds like he's in the sauna for two hours, then he's in the pool for an hour, then he's in the sauna again for two hours. Yeah. I was like, what? He does that like, it's like six rounds of that. Yeah. He's got to last all Have day. you read Gabby Reese's book? No, 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 no. I think that he married someone who appreciates that about him. Okay. She yeah. talks about it in the book. She was like, I knew who I married and like this is... You know, we get into just a totally sidebar, but we marry people and then we get in years in our marriage and we resent them for the things that we married them for. And she's like, I have to remind myself, I married someone who really takes care of themselves a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and look that what he's sense. doing. Yeah, right? He's a 50 year old dude yeah. riding 80 foot he's waves. A I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear in that thing where he had a hip replacement and did not do anesthesia? What? Yeah. No, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Because it was he long as shit. The, he didn't want the anesthesia in his body. I'm like, he's like an animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I was like, what? Yeah, he's a machine. That's amazing. Actually, yeah. I think he just released a book here recently. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but his autobiography just came out oh, recently. Oh, cool. Um, and I think a lot of it's not as much about his surfing life as his just lifestyle. It's, you know, so maybe It's definitely interesting. Oh, ain't a doubt. It, it is, for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about a little bit. Um, so I've heard about like some self-care practices. Now, like... Well, I'm just going to target you. So you have these 1,200 employees. you got 25 locations. When you're not home, you don't have your pool, you don't have your meditation cushion, you're traveling. Sure. Talk about it. What's Um, it look like? How does it change? What do you have to negotiate? Yeah, so I spend a lot of time in airplanes and cars. Um, And, uh, you know, and, you know, spend a fair amount of nights in hotels. You know, I still meditate on the floor of the hotel. Yeah. I'll just sit on two or three pillows and do my meditation there or sit in a chair if I think the, you know, carpet's too gross to sit on, (laughs) um, which does happen quite a bit. They're kind of curious. I've actually got a little, you know, hotel gym routine. It Mm -hmm. looks nothing like what I do at the kettlebell club, but, you know, it's, you know, you know, more like uh, dumbbells and things like that, but I sort of have that routine. So I try to keep that pretty consistent. Um, but, um, the other thing that has really helped me a lot is, is conscious breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I try to do diaphragmatic breathing kind of throughout my day. Um, and what's really interesting is travel is actually the place where I found it's easiest to do it. So when I'm in my car, I've got to drive to Charlotte today. I got to drive to Atlanta, wherever it may be. It's the place where I'm alone. I'll put on a podcast and I'll do four, seven, eight breathing, you mm-hmm. know, deep, long breathing 10 times and then just then breathe for a little bit kind of normally and then do it again. And, you know, having, and I think that's a really neat little hack. If you're like, I hear people say all the time, that's the one thing I don't know how to do. I don't know how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Practice when you're driving alone. It's a great place to do it. And all of a sudden you'll find that you're breathing deeply mm-hmm. a lot more throughout the day. So that's been a little hack for like a busy business person when, you know, maybe I'm having to eat on the run. I didn't get the workout in cause I had to be at a business breakfast. I didn't, you know, and so, but the breathing, 
can save me from spinning out. And I've vibrated at a pretty high frequency anyway. Mm-hmm. And so the breathing brings me back down, just like being in a yoga class. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, so like speaking to that too, just cause you know, we, this is for the most part, I mean, women have amazing jobs too, but a lot of times men are the ones that are traveling more for the family. And I'm just like thinking of John in my head and like, he, like just that the, like, he's like, I don't know how to breathe. You know, he's like, I think I hold my breath all day. And I'm like, I can tell (laughs) (laughs) your head looks like it's about to pop off your body. Um, how did you, did you get into that with yoga? Yoga is really what started it for me, for sure. Um, and you know, over at Mission, um, this, you know, the studio that Kelly and I started, I think seven years ago now, Mm -hmm. um, it's very um, conscious movement, linking breath with movement. It's it's slow yoga mm-hmm. for the most part. So um, timing the breath with the movement is, is a really big part of the practice over there. So that's really helped me a lot. But um, in the last year, I actually actually through the works, I uh, stumbled into a uh, workshop here with Nicole Rager yeah, she's doing awesome. transformational breath work. <clears throat> um, and that really has helped me with breath more than any other single thing. Um, being on your back for an hour breathing, circular breathing, not only is it, will it teach you how to breathe? I mean, it is a incredible healing modality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have been blown away by uh, the benefits that I get from what that. Is circular so, breathing? You want to speak about it a little bit? It's called, wait, what's it really called though? Holotropic breathing. Yes. Um, and there's also Wim Hof breathing. You hear people talk about Wim okay, Hof breathing. Okay, but she does and that the, goes into the, the ice baths. And he's, stuff. he's the ice, yeah. he's the ice man too. Yeah. But so this go talk about it. Cause I've only done it with her once. She did it with John once too. Yeah. It's, um, it is. Well, so I'm like, you talk about it. Then let me interrupt you. This is like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's great. And I'm, I'm certainly no expert. I mean, I've done this like six or eight times. You so know? You have, you've done it with her that many times. Yeah. I've done it with her a few times and, and, and some other people as well. Um, but, um, it is really, you're laying on your back and you're breathing, relatively deeply on your inhale, but you're sort of sighing out your mm-hmm. exhale. And the, as you continue to breathe like that, stuff starts to happen. I mean, sometimes my hands shake. Oh my, my whole so body I, was shaking. Yeah, sometimes my lips will quiver. Yes. My jaw will shake. Um, and, you know, it really... It's ever, crazy. You know, just like in... You ever been in a yoga class or on an acupuncture table and for some reason all of a sudden you just feel like crying? Yes. Like, you know, it's like the body knows the story and that breath work is is connecting to that same whatever that system is where you've got emotion that's trapped in your body and totally. it may be young, maybe from your childhood or maybe from yesterday, but as you're breathing, at least for me, it seems to access those places and allow you to feel emotions. Um, and, you know, I know we were talking about learning how to breathe, but I think the, the real benefits of breathing are not only just to stay grounded and healthy, but it's, it's a good way to feel. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the breath is really kind of the thing in control of how we feel. Mm-hmm. And most of us are breathing up here all day long. Mm-hmm. And for most of my business career, I did that. Mm-hmm. Like, email. Phone yeah. ringing, you know, ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was frantic and fried all the time, but conscious breathing really like saved my life. And that is definitely translated into my work where I can just balance more. And when I get stressed out at work, I walk outside and breathe in the parking lot. Yep. Mm, that is some good info right there. <laughs> yes. It truly is. And just to talk, um, Nicole Rager is, um, I don't know if you call her a breathing coach. I don't even know what her title is, but cause 
so what she does, I don't, you don't know what it is, Joey. No. And probably a lot of our listeners don't either. But when I did it with her, I went to, she was staying at a house. Did you do one-on-one with her? Yep. Um, it was the craziest experience ever. Um, my friend Kara was like, you have to do this, you have to do this. And so I went and I had known Nicole back when she used to make this, these bars called Nutty Goodness. I don't know if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's who she is. But then she moved to Costa Rica for a long time and was working at um, an institute there. So she like laid me down and she kind of, she's pretty close to you the whole time. And so she's like, talks you through it and she just keeps giving you cues to like go back into the breath and not to like resist it. And what I've learned just through my own practices and trainings and different things is our bodies are really, really smart and they want to protect us. So sometimes they'll hold on to trauma, past grief, things like that. And so she like, I mean, she got deep. I was like, you are in a vault right now, sister. I did not even remember this. And I mean, I, this sounds dramatic, but it was so true. I could not walk. I had to, I, and I kept having to go to the bathroom, like peeing, not pooping, but peeing because I think it was just releasing so much. And I had to crawl to the bathroom and she had to help me do it. What? Yes. How long does this take? We were, I was with her for maybe an hour. You're breathing for an hour. Yeah. We talked for a bit before. And then I had to like, make sure I could drive home. I have never in my life ever felt like that. I mean, it was insane. I'm coming. It's just amazing how much the breath can access. Absolutely. Well, and you were talking earlier about, you know, some of these things that people say, like, you know, open your heart or yeah. what, what I, the one that I always like is get out of your head and into your body. Yeah, no, fuck you. How, how the <laughs> hell do I do that? Yeah. You know, I'm living up here. Believe me, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> it was that <laughs> easy. But I, at least in my experience, I can't speak for anybody but me. The way to get out of your head and into your body is your breath, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, that started to happen for me a lot, you know, in doing this stuff. And now like I can access it on my own. Like I don't need a coach, you know, like I can access it even in a yoga class, especially the in and Shavasana mm-hmm. and really that whole idea of surrender, you know, let, let the breath guide you there. Mm-hmm. And it will, you know, it's same thing with meditation. Like that whole thing is about getting out of your head and into your body. Yeah. Um, and to your point, like what I've figured out, I mean, your body does know your body oh, yeah. knows yeah. what's going on. You just have to learn how to listen to it. If you haven't been to the daily yet, you need to check it out. It's this amazing coffee shop, eatery, grab and go little shop right off of King street in Charleston. It is literally like a little loop away from the studio. I love to go there and grab an almond milk latte, soft scrambled eggs, avocado tomato with the house hot sauce. It is like delicious fuel for my body. Their grab and go cooler is awesome too, because I'll grab a few things, bring them here. I can keep them in the fridge. They even make their own pressed juice. Um, they have this yogurt parfait that is out of this world. If you mention the works, you get 10% off. There's literally no reason not to go. And one of my favorite features is you can order the food online. And so when you go, you can just walk in, give them your name, and they give you your food or your coffee and you're out. So it's quick, it's easy, delicious. I'll probably see you there. We literally frequent it all the time. Yeah, your body's smart. It's We create, or I know I do. I have a lot of narratives, like you're saying, like living here. From here to here, from the top of my head to like right below my breastbone, right above my breastbone is where I, <laughs> and, I and I vibrate at a high frequency too. Yeah. So like to get grounded and to like put my feet into the earth is, and to breathe and to move with my breath mm-hmm. is so amazing. So one of the guys that I had on here a while ago, his name was Ryan Burke and he's a trainer in Tulum and he is a recovering addict, but he's like amazing. He's been on the cover of men's fitness and like all this stuff. And he was speaking just to this lifting thing. He was like, I don't care. You know, he's like, for some people like yoga is your high 
for some people, you, he's like, I like to go into the gym and lift weights till my eyeballs pop out. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, if you can find that thing that accesses release, um, then that's, that's your thing. Like that's your non-negotiable. Yeah. So, so let's talk to you, Joey, about, since I think our conversation has like kind of gotten on a fitness C thing, which is amazing because it is a huge part of care. Um, getting, how do people get started? Like you have people that come to you, say January is your month. You get some, maybe yeah. like a middle-aged man in there. He's exhausted. He works his ass off. He's got kids. He's like, dude, I can give you two days. And meant like what I see to mentally, like people have already told themselves, I'm I'm just, I'll give myself these 30 days and then I'll go back. And you know, you're, I'm like, you're already yeah. like setting yourself up for failure basically. Yep. So what are some like tips that you would suggest? Number one, <clears throat> and I learned this from the Citadel days and then I didn't even know I was doing it until after and I read Navy SEAL training and things like that and how they break everything down into small little bits. I remember being at Hell Week at the Citadel, I was like, make it to breakfast, (laughs) make it to lunch. And then before you know it, the week, Hell Week's over. Um, But so I've, I've sort of taken that mentality into these clients and these people and I tell them all the time, whether they're 50 pounds overweight or whether they're 10 pounds overweight, is don't overcomplicate this thing. Get moving, or as my grandfather would always say, get busy and stay busy. And Get off your ass, son. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And move 30, 45 minutes a day, whether it's yoga, whether it's spin, whether you're going for a walk with your wife. Um, just start out by moving more. And also, don't overcomplicate the eating thing either. Mm. Just be conscious of what you're eating. Understand, hey, I'm going out with the girls on Friday night and we're going to eat, I don't know, wings and have a lot of wine. Well, if you know you're doing that on Friday night, well, Thursday, Wednesday, and then again on Saturday after that night, be focused on what you're eating and understand you're going to give yourself that opportunity to eat whatever the hell you want Mm -hmm. that Friday night. And a lot of that has to do with planning Mm -hmm. and think a big mindset too, which screws people over is I call it embracing the suck. And that's what they used to tell us at the Citadel is prepare to embrace the suck. And people are always like you just said, they're like, all right, I'm gonna go 30 days. It's like, I don't give two craps about these New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. I want to see, show me the people on February 20th that are still getting after it. Yeah. And that's what I, I think, said to my classes in December. Yeah, I was I like, go, y'all are warriors. Yeah. It, 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 that people always seem to give up or get off the path right before mm, they start to yeah. see the results. Mm-hmm. And it's that week four, week five, week six to me. Mm-hmm. And to me, fitness is we have a motto with our team at Exemplar. It's like, we want you running hills. Mm-hmm. at age 70. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a 20 week plan. Right. Like we're not doing some kind of uh, eight week challenge. Like that's not our, that's not our thing. Um, we want you in here consistently, whether you're taking a rush class, going to do personal training, go even do yoga mm-hmm. at the sweat studio, whatever it is, it works. And just get active, be active and don't overcomplicate things. It's like this past week I was in Colorado and I was just, Thinking on my own Instagram, I'm like, how can I motivate people to just not overcomplicate these workouts? And I'm like, and so I take video of me doing three moves, 
set the timer for 20 minutes. Get as much done in those 20 minutes with those three moves mm-hmm. as you possibly can. That's it. And people get so overwhelmed when they walk in that I think gym. it's so intimidating. Yeah. I mean, I can, you know, I think about it. I use this story a lot because it, it like hit me. My husband's in a, John's a really amazing skier. He used to live out in Vail. I suck at skiing. I didn't grow up skiing. Like I just didn't. And so we, we went out there the first time we went out there and I mean, he's like going off the trails and like, he's like, you know, having time of his life with all his friends. And I'm literally like pizza down the mountain. (laughs) And I was like, this is what people feel like when they step into a room for the first time. And it was so humbling. I was like, I mean, it blew my mind. I remember I was at a different studio at the time and I remember messaging my whole staff and I was like, you guys, and because it was right around the holidays and I was like, Y'all, this is where people, this is where my head was all day. Like, what do people think about me? Am I going to hurt myself? Because I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, Everyone's better than me. I should just give up. Do I have to do this again tomorrow? You know, and by the time we left, like, I was at least having fun sucking at it. And I think it's like, if you can just get over that hump and it, it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, how many times do you see people? Scared to take the first class, whatever that class is. Oh, I've, I've, been, I've been that person. Same. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, once they get over that hump, they're like, I love this. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. But I think this goes into why also the fitness industry is changing and the class mindset has gotten so big too is people, when they walk into Orange Theory, they know they're going to row, they mm-hmm. know they're going to run, and they're going to lift weights. And they are... They know what they're about to do, and people are about to tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that's why classes have just blown up. Yeah. Whether yeah, it's spin, I, yoga. I would agree. I think we're living in a really cool time when the variety and access, especially to group fitness, is so diverse. I mean, if you look in enough places, you will find something that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife is really into nine rounds, which, mm-hmm. you know, you go in and basically, I haven't done it yet, but I yeah. think what you do in there is box and kick and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's not something I would have thought that my wife would have been into, yeah. but it really resonated with her. You know, yeah. she's got young kids. She's having to deal with my ass all the time. Yeah. She likes she's to go like, punch, something. punch something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if, you know, if you're like, you know, I just don't, I'm, I'm intimidated. I don't know what to do. I mean, my experience, I felt the same way. I just tried everything. I tried it all. Mm-hmm. And then, especially if you can find a couple of friends who will go with you yeah. and then all of a sudden it becomes fun because yep. if it's not fun yeah. you're not going to do it nope. no you know nobody is at the works because they hate the shit out of it every right. single day right. nobody's going to mission because they hate it nobody's right. going to Joey's place because they ha- I mean they're going because they fall in love with the people in the room yep. the practice itself i mean i think the people has a big is a big part Huge of it you got to find that community yeah. where you're like i want to go to class today because i want to see all my Oh my gosh. And it's wild. Like I see all the connections that people have made here. And, you know, I think being on the other side of it, I always, you know, what I get to do for work and what you get to do. And you see a lot, it's like, it affords me a front row seat to people's transformations. And I'm like, I'm just so blown away. Like, I mean, from people that are like, whether it's a physical thing, I mean, I've worked one-on-one with a client and she comes here regularly. And I mean, she's lost like 55 pounds, she's a middle-aged woman, you know, and, and just people who are like, I healed my my heart I got a divorce I got sober like whatever it is like yeah. you're finding something and that's what I think is so key about a group setting too is like it there has to be a feeling like you have to let people have to walk out of their feeling something yeah or they're gonna walk on down the street and they're gonna find somewhere else because within a mile here I mean there's probably six places yeah and we're not in a suit I mean we're in a kind of a newer part of town yeah. but you know I mean there's just something on every corner mm-hmm. and so like to get to like you know, 
I don't know if it's like the baseline of it or whatever, but I guess it, it's always about how it makes you feel. Sure. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, and I, to get back to something that Joey was talking about earlier, the one thing that I wrote down, I wrote like one note for this, um, but I do think that the eating piece is a big part of self-care, and that applies to men and women. Um, I've done, especially once I started lifting, I went through like every like cool paleo, keto diet, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, everyone's different. You know, and if somebody tells you the only way to Mm -hmm. eat is keto, do not listen to them. Mm -hmm. Keto works really well. Paleo works really well. Hell, carnivore works really well Mm -hmm. for some people, but not for everybody. And so part of my self-care journey has been figuring out my, like, and I don't even call it a diet. It's just what I eat every day. Mm -hmm. And I think, and that takes experimentation too. And I also think, and this is just my own personal, you know, experience, that it sort of may change as you age. Mm-hmm. Like certain foods oh. that may really resonate with you when you're 25 don't work when you're 40. Uh, don't we? Don't we become try being a woman? <laughs> Especially with my yeah, my female clients that are above 40, they'll look at me and ask advice. And I'm like, hey, I could tell you to eat eight almonds and a head of lettuce, and you'll probably still gain weight. Like yeah. women. When they get over 40, it, it's a different ballgame. I'm like, you need to go see a licensed nutritionist or dietitian. Yeah. Um, but it, what you just said is, I may be stating not a fact here. That's fine. But don't we become, don't we develop allergies to some types of foods that we weren't allergic to before? Oh, sure. As we get older? Yeah. I know a guy Lindsay who just ate, said I, yes. Yeah, Lindsay <laughs> said yes. She's I know a, a guy chef. who ate shrimp his whole life, and then at 50 years old, he became allergic to shrimp. Really? And like, started having anaphylactic shock. You know? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. But it, it's crazy, and, and I had a female client, and the doctor or dietitian said, you need to stop eating blueberries. I was like, blueberries are arguably one of the most healthy fruits you can yeah, yeah. think of, and you would never think that, but... Um, I swear to get off here. I don't know where we were with the, the diet. Yeah, you got to well, try everything. I think you got to try everything. You know, I got way away from fruit for a long time. Um, and, you know, I read a book recently called Quench, which was a lot about, hey, your body can only absorb so much liquid water. You really absorb a lot of water from the foods you eat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. Maybe I'm mildly dehydrated all the time. Uh, so, same. Yeah. So <laughs> I started making smoothies in the morning with things like cucumbers and apples and celery that hold a lot of like gel Do water. Do your kids basically. eat like this? No, they don't. Okay, good. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I was about to be like, we're, we're done here. We're, 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 we're all like egos and, you know. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, but anyway. Don't ask Lindsay what her kids eat. Um, it's embarrassing. No, we're, no <laughs> we're, we, we do have the little like juice gummy things, you know, yeah. so we're working on that. Yeah. Um, but no, for me, like once I reincorporated, you know, that green smoothie every morning that, you know, I thought was the devil for a while because I'd gotten so into the paleo movement, all of a sudden I was like, wow, I feel a lot better. Yeah. You know, but, you know. For a lot of people, all that that level of sugar in the morning may not work for them. So mm-hmm. I think you just gotta like fitness, anything. You gotta experiment, and then. But I do think when we talk about self care, what you eat Ugh. is a humongous part of how you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you eat like shit, you're gonna feel like shit. I don't care what else you do. Yeah, I think that is. I've always said nutrition to me is eighty five percent of the equation, mm-hmm. um, especially about how you feel. What do you eat? What do I eat? Mm-hmm. I eat. <laughs> Pretty much eat everything. I got to have a cheeseburger once a week. Uh, I got that disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a salt guy. So if I'm going to cheat, it's usually over something. Do you have like some, like a, like, do you stick to a certain way of eating usually? So 
Don't be it's, annoying and be like, nah. No. No, no, no. I've, I've, it's, it's funny. I've been thinking about this a lot because the Game Changers documentary came out. Oh, every, yeah, it was good. Every client that comes out talks about it. Yeah. Then Joe Rogan had some guy on that totally debunked it. Yeah. And yep. then they had an argument over one podcast and things like that. And it, was it Michelle Obama that redid or modified the, the old school pyramid? For schools. For schools? I think I think so. Well, remember that old school yep. pyramid thing? Yep. Do I think it's right? No, I think it. every year we evolve and science gets better. Um, it needs to be modified. But this is just my personal opinion. And once again, just like Wes said, everybody is different. Yeah, totally. If vegan works for you, vegan works for you. If no dairy works for you, no dairy works. If paleo works, that's you. But for my... This is my opinion. I still think we're 50 years away from figuring out what the correct Mm -hmm. diet plan is. And I think a modified pyramid of just enough fruits, veggies, Mm -hmm. a little bit of meat, tons of vegetables, I think that's a must. And I think we're coming very close to the conclusion that dairy is not the greatest thing for most of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, I can tell when I eat it. And, and um, God, Jesus. So damn oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I still do. I'm I like mean, the like, worst eater in the world. So, so I mean, like, I, could, I'm I used to crave. Right like, like, I'll just eat cheese and feel bad. I didn't yeah. crave. <laughs> I can like, feel my eyes closed. <laughs> when I was a kid, I never craved Gatorade or water. Like after a basketball game, I'd be like, give me some milk, mom. Yeah. And so, but no, I, I think, I think a big thing too is, I don't know if we want to touch into this, but is, is alcohol. Yeah. Uh, um, it, I don't think people re- realize how much of a depressant alcohol is. And even one or two glasses, and I'm not a big drinker. I could yeah. probably drink maybe three drinks a week total, mm-hmm. maybe five at the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate because I know there's people out there that they can't just do one or two. They got to yeah. have 100. They got to go to 100. And, but I, I don't, especially with males and how we feel and how we look, we're already dropping in testosterone as soon as we hit age 25, age 26. Well, that's women with estrogen is 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happens is I've heard from a doctor that I trained before, if you ever want to go get your testosterone taken in your levels, go get hammered the night before and watch how plummet oh, wow. your testosterone levels do the next morning. Sure. And that doctors were like, you need some testosterone. Yeah. But... I think when you add going on the male side of it, getting older, and then you combine drinking five to drink, 10 drinks a week, maybe right. more, it, it just, your testosterone goes down, you don't feel as strong, which means you lose confidence, you're depressed because of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. To me, that, that is the number one thing I tell, whether they're male or female clients, mm-hmm. is... I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to be able to go have a beer with your buddy who comes in town or have a glass of wine mm-hmm. um, with your friend, but just somehow limit it mm-hmm. um, and, and choose the right alcohol, I think. Mm-hmm. I was talking Switch, about this with a client yeah, the other day. Switching to tequila. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's, what is it? It's the one thing. Isn't tequila one of the liquors? Well, it has agave in it, so yeah. it's... You drink enough of it. You yeah. feel like shit. <laughs> I've done that. I just wanted to try it. I just needed to make sure. I like that narrative. I'm just not sure it's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But um, I love like, that's like 
become my new favorite drink. Yeah. My girlfriend and I will have a tequila with a slice of orange in it. Mm -hmm. Done deal. And it's refreshing. I think it goes to back to everything else because we all have tendencies, right? Like, especially people that are like, I don't know, like high vibration people anyway. It's like, I love this thing or I love that thing, you know? And it's like, you can put so much energy into one thing that it becomes an obsession or an addiction or anything. And it's just how to keep it, you know, more moderate. I know, especially like in my youth, like, you know, I partied with the best of them and, you know, as the more we do something, the more we do something. So I got to this place, especially like in my career now with this business and with my kids, I'm like, I have to ask myself, like, first of all, is it controlling me or am I controlling it? And is this serving me? Mm -hmm. You know, because I do enjoy having wine with my friends. And if I want to do that, I have to pay attention to it. And in a thoughtful way that I pay attention to everything else. So that is a conversation I've had with clients as well. Yeah. I mean, I can speak to alcohol. I mean, I think alcohol is a really tough one. I mean, we romanticize the hell out of alcohol in our society. You know, there is a big chunk of my life where it revolved around partying, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it, and I suffered for it, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, at one point in my life, I decided, you know what, I am going to quit. And so I took a year off Mm -hmm. and that was a pretty transformational for me just to get a break from it. You know, like, Hey, I, I don't have to have this substance in my life. And now I moderate it much better than I used to. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even now, as I get older, like it's, I still enjoy it, but the the price is so much higher. Mm. So, you know, I think it's it's individual for everybody, but mm-hmm. I do think alcohol is one of those things. If you're committed to self-care and fitness, you don't have to quit drinking, but you certainly yeah. have to think about it. You know, like if I drink on Tuesday, am I going to be able to get up and work out on Wednesday? And what's mm-hmm. more important to me? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I might get up and work out, but I'm still going to feel like crap. But like what you just said, it's romanticized. Go get, have some totally. drinks, do this. Like look at these beautiful people in rafts floating around, you know, an island with cocktails. And for some people, that's a hard thing to see. Very hard. Well, and let's be honest, at 22 years old, it works pretty damn well Mm because you recover so fast. I mean, you know, hey, it's fun. You can go out and party and the next day you don't feel all that bad. But as you age, I think, you know, especially as I've noticed, as you get into your 40s, the price just gets so much higher. And I mean, I hear that from everybody that I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's a a topic worthy of conversation. Yeah, Yeah, my euphoric moment was... And a lot of people don't know this about me is that, I, and it's really shocking to my friends because they knew I was never the biggest drinker. Was I got a DUI when I used to work in Atlanta, and I was twenty six, twenty seven, and I remember when I got that DUI, and I was doing fitness then too. It, I was like, oh my god, I got to hide this, yeah, from the world, yeah. And then I used it as more. And then it clicked and it was like, no, you know what? Not only could you have killed yourself, you could have killed somebody else Mm -hmm. that was on the road. And then I had to go to all those um, alcohol classes. Yeah. And then it talks about like what an alcoholic is, like how many drinks it is a week. I think the number is like somewhere insane, like low, Mm -hmm. like what they consider alcoholic. And I think it's like eight or nine drinks a week or something like that. And that's shocking Mm -hmm. because I know most of us. We'll drink more than that. Don't say us. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and that was that was a resonating moment in my life, yeah. and and for my friends too, because they were all in shock. Like you have two beers and you're done. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It just that's when it clicked with me. Of people are like, why do you go to bed so early? And it's like because I don't want to put myself in a bad situation. To be honest with you, my euphoric moment in my day is not 
about hitting on that girl at the bar mm-hmm. or staying out with my friends. It's waking up the next morning and seeing the sunrise and helping motivate clients or teammates totally. or whatever it is. Yeah. And, but once again, people have demons and, and I can't speak for them because that's a, something that I don't know about and I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. that I don't have to deal with. Yeah. But to me, overall, alcohol is going into self-care. That is something people really need to look at, mm-hmm. how much they are actually drinking and consuming. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's... It's, it's a tricky one, too, in this industry because, you know, on one hand, we're serving health. And on the other hand, especially in Charleston, I have friends like that come in town from LA. My friend Busy, I mean, she's in the entertainment industry. And she's like, Sarah, I have Charleston is the booziest place I've ever been in my whole life. She's like, you ask people, where should you go to brunch? And people respond, oh, you get a Bloody Mary here. This is the best Bloody Mary. And she's like, no, no, I want fucking eggs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And um, yeah. So no, I hear you. I hear you. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's so true. So if you guys were going to speak to one last thing, and we don't have to end here, but one thing maybe that you wanted to leave the listeners with, what would you, what would you say, Wes? You know, I, and again, this has just my, been my own personal experience. I think that if you have not implemented some sort of healing modality into your life, you should really look at it. And, you know, a real obvious one is therapy, you know, um, Talk therapy works great for a lot of people, Um, but there's lots of other, you know, healing modalities as well. You know, we talked about breath work. I mean, there's some very out there, you know, type of healing modalities like plant medicine and things like that. But there's just a lot of what acupuncture, you know, um, just, uh, you know, shamanic energy work. If Mm -hmm. you're if you're willing to go to that to that level. Uh, But there's a lot of practitioners out there that are doing really good healing work. Uh, In my experience, all of us have wounds that we carry and acknowledging that we're all human and we all have wounds and finding places to help us work through those young traumas that, that, that manifest in our lives every day. Again, from my experience has been transformational. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot, like you said, if you want to go deep, you can go deep. If you want to go light, you can go light. But I would encourage people to consider if I don't have a healing modality in my life, what could that be? And maybe I can talk to somebody who's in that industry who could point me in the right direction. It's been, it's been really big for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you ever done a sweat lodge? I have not done the sweat lodge thing yet. Um, it's something I've talked about. I've what got is a- that? So is I that, did it when I w- was in Tulum with this Maya Healer. All imagine is a bunch of naked guys in a lodge. It was What's going on here? very, I was so freaking scared. I mean, I was terrified to do it. And I, it, they do it at night. So all day I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was the leader of this retreat. And so there was a few women that wanted to do it that were part of this group. And I was like, well, I can't like, let them down. You know, I was like, all right, Sarah, you got to buck up. And so there was probably like eight of us in there and you go in and it's, you're in a dome and it's really hot. Like I'm, I like hot. This is like, yeah. this is like hell. This is like 150 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, this is like the this is like fires of hell and it's dark. And I was just, I was thinking what's going to come up for me because just like past traumas, shit, like, and I was just having anxiety around it. And one, the, my biggest takeaway without going into it too much was I went in, it's this really, it's a ritual. It's a very like, um, it's like a Mayan ritual. So anyway, this woman was incredible who did it. And I like fell in love with her and I love her and I wish she lived here, but she doesn't. She looks like, um, Moana's grandmother. 
Like, and Ooh. I'm not kidding. She was just so amazing. Yeah, that's my daughter's favorite movie. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Um, but so what my thing, my biggest takeaway, because first of all, yes, it was very healing, very cathartic. But the fact that I, I went in and I sat there and I did it and I was okay when I left, for me, it was like such a, okay, I can, it was like, I can do hard things. Like I had crazy anxiety about it and yeah, I did it and it was good and I'm glad, I'm so glad I did it. So if you ever have an opportunity to do it. So hold on. Okay. <laughs> Get into the details of how hot is it? How long are you in this room? So I was in there for about, so it's a, it's an actual hut. So what they do is the, it's a hut and they cover it with blankets. So there's like no ventilation, but at the very top there is, they can open it almost like a, like a sunroof or whatever. And then every, you sit or you sit on the edges. So it's all cold stone, like, well, not cold, but it's stone. <laughs> Yeah. And so you sit around it and the, there's a woman that leads it. And so they come and they have these coals. And so they start it and she starts and you like go around and you chant and do all this stuff. She passes honey and herbs. And the one that I did, you, everyone had to sing a song and you can't really see in there cause it's super, super dark, but you had, and we're like sing a song <laughs> and one of my, individually, uh-huh. and you don't like, cause it's really, I think to get you out of your comfort zone, something that means yeah. something to you. And so, um, I don't know if either of you know, Alison Schmidt. She's freaking hysterical. She mm-hmm. lives in Charleston and she's a friend of mine, but she was on the retreat and we were in there and it was like an icebreaker moment. And it was, I was so glad. I mean, I was like, sing a song. What am I, you know? And I'm like starting to think of this lullaby my mom used to sing to me and I'm like crying and she starts singing a show tune. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking hilarious. But like, she was like singing it and crying too, because it's just, I think gets you to get some like energy out. Yep. So um, so anyway, you go around and you do all these things and they keep putting coals on the fire, coals on the fire, and it just keeps getting hotter. And it's really supposed to bring up past traumas, old shit, release it, get it out there. And But how long are you in there? An hour. Okay. You can leave. You can't come back. So I was like, okay. So I told, she was like, is anyone nervous? I was like, so I got to yeah. sit right next to her right by the door. Cause, and I kept telling myself, I was like, if I have to leave, I'll leave. Like, if I have to leave, I can leave. There's an out. But I also was like, what is, you know, stay. Just breathe. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was intense. Getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There may or may not be a sweat lodge in Charleston before too much longer. Oh, really? Yeah, not by me, but I know some people who are looking at cool. it. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so give us one more of your, your last little bit of insight. Um, Eat cheeseburger once a week. Yeah. Cheeseburger wing, home team wings. Um, Aaron, that's for you. Yeah. The no, I, I'd have to say the biggest thing is I, I feel like we're always set in our ways, and, and a lot of people like, what school did you go to? Where did you graduate from? And it's and it's one of my interview questions. It's like if I'm talking to a 28 year old or a 38 year old, I go, what have you learned since school? Like, what are you studying? Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing, we we get comfortable and we don't realize and put ourselves in a growth mindset. And, and that can be in many different ways of reading books that we're uncomfortable reading or we never thought we'd read or um, doing workouts that we've never done before or trying different diets that we've never tried before. And I think especially with men with self-care is don't be scared to be vulnerable Mm. and get out of your box. Go to that yoga class, even if it's 90% women 
Like, like why who, not? Yeah, yeah. They're babes. <laughs> who cares? Like, go in there, get yourself uncomfortable. Um, wake up, have time for yourself, meditation. Um, and, and then I would say the biggest thing, too, is what we touched on is your diet. Mm-hmm. And really look at what is going into your body. Um, because that is, that's also what's coming out and how you see yourself. Yeah. And you start eating right, you start sweating, you start mentally striving to become a better human being. Um, I, I think you will start seeing your confidence change. And to me, that that's self-care, especially. And it goes for women, too. Oh, totally. So, Well, I, I think just to touch on what you just said, too, uh, for women especially, you know, we... I would say 98.9% of women play the skinny game. And so it's changing the narrative. And like, that's one thing I'm, I'm really cognizant of with my daughter because my mom loved that woman. Like she was my hero, but I mean, she used to lock herself in her room on her trampoline and like jump to general hospital, like lock my sister and I out. We'd be like banging on the door. We're like, Mm -hmm. let us in. And I mean, she always built my confidence up, but she was always on a diet, you know, super like eighties eating the cottage cheese and running and, you know, always trying to be thinner. And I think that we brought a lot of awareness to it, um, in our industries, all of us. And I think like, I want Della, my daughter to, and my boys too, but like, I want her to be like, I'm strong and yes, I I eat food and I feel good about it, you know? So for me, like one of my biggest takeaways as I've been talking to all these people about self-care is like honesty with self and listening to the narrative and asking, is it controlling me? Am I controlling it? Mm-hmm. You know? So. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Got anything else? Well, I was, <laughs> I, I do actually. Um, w- w- one last thing that I, I, I did want to say, and uh, Joey touched on it, is um, the amount of access to information that we have today about how to take care of yourself is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of fitness and health and wellness podcasts, the books, I mean, um, I mean, I've got a whole library of them, but, um, I think that's a big piece of it too. I mean, what's really helped me is that level of curiosity. And I got really into just listening to podcasts about health and wellness. And, you know, I picked up so many tips, you know, and then someone would recommend a book. And actually I brought one of these books in here today. It's called love yourself. Like your life depends on it. Mm -hmm. It just came out since we're talking about self care. And, um, you know, I found this by listening to a podcast and it's a really good, overview of how, you know, the author takes care of himself and practices self-care in order to practice really what he's trying to practice is self-love. Yeah. Um, so I just, I think that if you're not utilizing all those resources that are out there, take a look. I mean, if you if you're confused about where to start, you know, just check a podcast, you know, borrow a book from somebody who's in the industry. Um, cause gosh, there's so much information out there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. There definitely is. Um, before we sign off to Joey, give people a little bit of information about where to find you. So I'm owner of Exemplar Fitness, which is on James Island, right on the corner of Maybank and Folly Road. Um, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Tell us your is, Instagram handle. Is Joey Welling. Nothing confusing there. <laughs> and same with our gym, Exemplar Fitness. Um, other than that, that's it. You can find him in the works classes. That's right. <laughs> Starting to come back to the works classes. And then Wes. Uh, where to find me? Um, usually on an airplane. Um, no, <laughs> breathing I, deeply. Yeah, yeah, I live downtown, um, and uh, yeah, I, I spend a lot of time traveling and with my family. And 
Um, and, uh, yeah, when I'm not there, I'm usually at the gym or mission yoga or give us missions uh, handle. Uh, we are mission yoga.com and, um, some great classes and some really wonderful yes, teachers it over is. there. Really good teachers. Really cool space too. So, uh, we're really proud of what, what we built over there. So, um, yeah, I'm a little tough to find, but, um, <laughs> I do have an Instagram handle Wes M Carter and I do actually have a wellness podcast. It's not nearly as popular as listen to as yours. And I come out with like four episodes a year, but it's called wellness at work with Wes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So we talk about wellness as it relates to the work environment. Which I love is, it. Which is awesome. One of my passions. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you guys so much for joining us today and listening to a male perspective on self-care. It's something for me, I feel like as a woman in this industry who does pay attention to self-care that I've never asked the question, really. I've never said to John, what do you think of self-care? So I loved having Joey and Wes in house to speak with us today and to tell us their thoughts on it. And also just to jive and to realize that we're all pretty much on the same track. Like the way they feel about it is basically the way I feel about it and a lot of other women that I've spoken with feel about it too um, which is a really positive thing in my eyes so I think we're on a good path here guys thank you for joining us for this three part series on self care if you liked us and I don't care even if you didn't (laughs) pass on to your friends please rate us give us a little review give us a shout out on Instagram we love hearing from you so DM us with any questions or if you have an amazing are you for real moment we want to hear from you All right. Talk to you soon.